let's enter God's rest. Shabbat Shalom, Part 4, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. From the beginning of God's creation, there flows a force called the universal laws of God. They govern the heavenlies, the earth, in fact, the whole universe. All that are obedient to these laws are in perfect order and harmony with God himself, as well as the rest of creation. This was the original state of Adam and Eve. What a comfortable and wonderful place to be, safely sheltered within the rest of God. They were fed a knowledge that would help them grow and taught the value of spiritual law for success in life, rather than simply experiencing physical laws, as is the fate of those steeped in the world's knowledge. No unhappiness, sickness, or pain, no decay or death was known to them. All this goodness, all God's blessings were guaranteed because they were obedient to both the spiritual and physical laws of God. Along with access to His knowledge and wisdom, They were given a portion of faith to believe and understand God's statutes. They were therefore protected by the law of faith that made the laws and knowledge personal, successful for the individual. Be it as you believe is also spiritual law. Their belief was based on God's knowledge and backed by God's law. So all things were as they asked. A whole different way of thinking and a whole different way of existing was enjoyed before disobedience entered the scene. You see, their knowledge was straight from the mind of Christ. The physical and spiritual laws of God were also calculated from perfect formulas housed within the mind of God as well. How could they not succeed? We discussed God's knowledge in the previous blast. Now let us look further into the laws of God to better understand how they work so we can perhaps one day be restored to the proper order Father meant for all mankind to enjoy. Jesus said for us to pray that his kingdom would come and his will be done. First of all, the laws as we stated previously are God's will, perfect accurate, precise to the smallest detail, a perfect guide for all the universe. All that has continued to maintain obedience to these laws remains today unblemished, untouched by time or the enemy. The sun, the moon, the planets, stars, all galaxies are therefore as unchanging in their function in the universe as the laws themselves The most easily obeyed by man are the physical laws, as they, without our conscious effort, can be seen, touched, and felt. They are unalterable, constant, and absolutely necessary for life. Take the physical law of gravity, for instance. It isn't an option to accept or reject it. It is a constant. It will not change. Whether you believe in this law or not, jump from a high building and you will fall to earth. Chop a tree in half and it will never go up. It will fall to the ground. 
Gravity, along with a host of other physical laws, are always the same, day in and day out, regardless of what we think or what our individual actions are. But there are other laws created and established by God to run the universe as well. There are spiritual laws that are just as real and important as the physical. The problem is, as stated before, physical laws are tangible. Therefore, recognized even by worldly science as essential for our well-being. But spiritual laws are unfortunately seen as optional and not taught for the most part, even in the world's churches. Like physical laws, however, they too are fixed, inflexible, invariable, and the consequence of ignoring them can be just as devastatingly agonizing and painful. Because of the world's tainted and inaccurate knowledge, many are uninformed and oblivious to spiritual law. Thus, the world we see around us is in utter chaos. 7,000 years of ignorance to and disobedience of spiritual law has pulverized, devastated, and weakened humanity. The fact man ignored or did not take notice of them did not hinder their effort on their lives. We cannot alter the laws of God to suit us, but they most definitely will create and shape our reality. So ignorance of God's knowledge and disobedience to God's laws are the root causes of the disastrous mess we see globally in society today, ever widening the gap between the world and God's kingdom. God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. How could they be when the database for those thoughts is the Satan-influenced knowledge Eve chose? She didn't choose an apple. She chose knowledge. And sadly, this knowledge is now running the world and influencing millions of people daily. Again, God said, My ways are not your ways. This too is understandable when you consider there are laws man is not aware of that are unbending, uncompromising, unchanging, set in place, and functioning according to God's will and way. Let us look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 as an example of a spiritual law that many are not aware of yet experience the after-effect regardless. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Sowing and reaping is a law that is operating for our good, if we are righteous, or one that can bring much misery, if not. Was God wrong to implement and to effect this law? No. He created man righteous. Think about that. Ignorance and disobedience on our part has been causing this law to work against us since man was barred from the garden. If, however, we craved, hungered for truth, and learned to walk in righteousness today, the law would turn things around and bring us back to the blessings. The law is the law. What we choose to do concerning them is our will. 
Luke chapter 6 verse 38 explains, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Man, on the other hand, may not be generous. He may be hard-hearted towards the needy. He will therefore harvest poverty. What you sow, you reap. Again, the law itself is steady, stable, always working. Man's actions will not affect it, but it most assuredly has an effect on man. Let us go back and look at one of the spiritual laws we mentioned in the opening. It has such an effect on everyone daily. Matthew chapter 8 verse 13 says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Let us ask ourselves, What is it I believe in? You see, we must be very careful as to what we believe, because that fixed, immovable, unwavering law is ever there to back our belief. Jesus said, As you have believed, so let it be done for you. We can, for instance, believe in the healing power of God like the above centurion, or trust, have faith, believe in the world's answers to man's problems, Be it as we believe, for our good or our bad. Again, the law will cause our reality and shape what we previously thought was our destiny or luck. On whose knowledge did we base our belief? Remember, God's law backs his word, but he will not back the world's knowledge or the wisdom of the world's people. He, in fact, says it's foolishness to him, which means lack of good sense and judgment. So why do we seek their advice? Why do we choose to fill our minds with more wrong knowledge or accept their methods or theories based on that worthless knowledge? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written... He catches the wise in their own craftiness. It is this evil knowledge that in the end will hang the one who introduced it to man. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 is also a law that will allow the most brilliantly educated men in the world to fail. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Nothing is changed because Satan declares it, nor is the worldly advice of educated mankind valid. Can we see how those that seek God's knowledge will be taught about his laws, so their thoughts, belief, and actions will be based on his words, putting them under the protection of the law? and therefore making them successful? Be it as you believe. What about the law found in Luke chapter 14 verse 11? For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
Whoever exalts himself before man will be humbled. Hmm. Still want to be the champion? Top dog? The winner? Out for your own glory? God may very well choose to allow a man to be top dog in man's eyes, however. Like King David's victory over Goliath. But he was created to be the top dog, to be evidence of God's superior kingdom. David knew and believed beyond a shadow of a doubt his success was caused by God. He was anointed as God's chosen man by the prophet Samuel, and his obedience to that call invoked God's backing. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13 Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. David was humble before man and God, but he knew and had faith in the command in Psalm 105, verse 15, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. He knew God's words would not come back void on his behalf. Be it as you believe. These laws produced David's victory, and yet God got the glory in line with another law, found in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, no man or angel nor my praise to carved images, gods created by man's hands. We are all very special to God. The law tells us there is no nationality, gender, nor is one respected by God over the others. To Him, we are all a part of His creation and wonderful. There are some he has called and gifted to be one that stands out as evidence of the superiority of his kingdoms, but they must remain humble enough to acknowledge or admit it is God's gifting and his anointing that made them successful. If they don't really believe this, the law, be it as you believe, will cause them to be out of God's will, out from under his covering, and they will fail. So there is victory for one that trusts in the Lord, defeat for a man that trusts in his own ability. Another law that would come into play here is Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Wow! Now the prideful one is not only defeated, but cursed. That's the law. Can we see the mess Satan has cleverly guided mankind into? How out of kilter, defective, out of order, humanity as a whole is with God? Through all the self-help teachings, be the best, the most powerful. Here's the one I hate the most. Seek the giant within. He has developed a top-dog mentality. Truth tells us no man is superior over the other. 
just created with different talents and giftings that were intended to all work together to build a beautiful world for all. From Adam and Eve forward, disobedience, refusal to obey God's laws, has increasingly entangled man in a web of circumstance escapable only by being born over again, starting over, walking in God's knowledge, and maturing in righteousness. Our sins are covered and forgiven by the blood of Christ at baptism, and it is only because of God's grace that we are saved from the fate of the wicked at judgment. If we die, we know we will be in paradise. All of this is beautiful, magnificent, wonderful. But what if our goal is even higher? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 54 shows us what more we can become. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It will be ones led by their spirit man, not their soul man guided by their flesh. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead, in Christ, will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. We may set our goals to be a part of those that will not die, ones that are led by their spirits, by the Holy Spirit, chosen to build and restore the planet and bring creation back into alignment with Father's will. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 21 through 22 speaks of them. Also your people, Israel, those born again through Christ, who is the seed of Abraham, Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, shall all be righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, eternal, the branch of my planting, trees of righteousness, from the seed of the tree of life, Christ, the work of my hands, the born again, a new species, not of the cursed and altered Adamic race, that I may be glorified. Adam's altered race glorifies Satan and his glory he will not share. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. It can all start with a very small group in the Father's timing. Isaiah chapter 61 prophesies of the successful action of these people. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 4 And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations, through God's knowledge, 
They shall bring perfection to man's existence and lifestyle. Because the world's knowledge has utterly failed. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 13 reveals what all the renovation is for. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. No more sickness, pain, poverty, wars, unsolvable problems, or death, just goodness, peace, and righteousness. How can we be a part? Well, let's let God's knowledge speak. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We must repent for all we did as Adam and express our desire to walk in righteousness and be a part of God's people. How do we become a part of God's family? Romans chapter 6 verse 4 Therefore we were buried in his death with him through baptism, went to the watery grave, into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life and will walk as new creatures if we don't go back to the world and the things of the world. Now we want the Holy Spirit to wake up our spirit man to take the lead as it was originally created to do. God is a spirit. Man was created in his image, but given earth as his home. He was therefore given a body suit to enable him or adapt him to live and function here. But his spirit led his life. Adam's spirit was disconnected from God by his rebellion and his soul man took over. We need this reverse to be successfully a part of God's kingdom. Here is how. Acts chapter 19 verse 6 And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the Spirit connected to God can lead our lives. God's knowledge will encourage righteousness and obedience for our good, where our carnal soul man connected to the world caused rebellion, sickness, and death. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 shows how God made it possible for man to know his will. This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them on the fleshly tablets of our hearts and minds, to be easily accessed. So we see, Adam's race walks largely according to man's law and the physical laws of the universe. They may or may not be aware of the spiritual laws God put in all of humanity. They are most easily spiritually discerned by those led by their spirits that love Him, want to please Him, and have a close and intimate relationship. John chapter 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, 
keep my commandments. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 Now by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. The blood and death of the Lamb will make the born again righteous, and as they take in His knowledge and get to know Him better, they will begin to see the need to keep His commandments, His laws. The laws of God in turn will shape and bring into harmony with the Lord the lives of all those that hear and obey. Now here is how restoration of all creation is accomplished. If our testimony is based on God's knowledge and we truly believe it is truth, the law will cover, guarantee, and bring to reality our testimony, just like Adam and Eve functioned before their rebellion. Now look at what kind of people we can be. Jesus said, if we speak to a mountain and say, be removed, and we believe all things are possible through God, then it will happen. The law backs it because one, God said so, and two, his word doesn't come back void. Also, the law, be it as you believe, comes into the scenario. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, the reason they could not cast out a certain evil spirit, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, a little belief, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is law. Is this not exciting? You see, as we die to ourselves and learn to settle down in God's rest, we will no longer desire to do things our way, but will be dedicated to manifesting or bringing into view His works. He has already accomplished all the miracles we could possibly think of. We will live through him and be doing the things already accomplished before the earth or man was formed. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 explains, Everything was accomplished for us. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. All was done before he rested. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. All creation waits for this to happen. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. Through his knowledge we learn of his will, And as his perfect way is lived in lieu of Satan's, the law of God will be established and creation restored and in order with the rest of God's kingdom. Let us close with these beautiful scriptures. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 10. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, 
and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, Jesus, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. May this generation be the ones that enter into that glorious rest and fulfill these scriptures. Our existence will be like an eternal feast, the final Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.